Good morning, good afternoon, good night. It is your boy, the hip-hop lobbyist, coming to you live from Just Politics Studios. And this week, we're going to share the hip-hop policy report. The specialized report that just doesn't highlight the fact that Meek Mill slipped down some stairs the same week Nicki Minaj broke up with him. It talks about President Obama's farewell speech, but we're going to talk about the policies that really get hidden under the media's view of what's important that the average American or the average millennial should know. So this week's episodes, we're going to jump into fantasy sports, immunizations, abortion rights, uh, liquor licenses in Michigan, Michigan nursing homes, marijuana, of course, I know we we all love, some of y'all love marijuana, some of y'all don't, I want to assume. And also, talk about the new legislation in New York that is blocking major companies from buying all the Beyonce and Jay-Z tickets when they first come out and stopping the average person from paying a regular price for a ticket to a concert. I don't know what they call it, but it's a scam either way you look at it. Those will be the topics of this week's Hip Hop Policy Report. It is your boy at Hip Hop Lobbyist. Stay tuned. Nobody stop. I wonder when the world stop. Camera last night, you get shot. Why the whole block staring? I will never understand this society. But they try to murder me, then they lie to me. Brought a cup of John Bree. All my homies John Bree. Now the little baby's crazy, raised on fantasy. Tell me when my enemies flee when they see me. Believe me, if it does, gotta learn to take it easy. Listen, do the intimacy, search your heart for a plan. Turn it back with the wrong man. It's on again. Give a holler to my niggas in the darkest corners. Hold a perfect blood and let me spark it for you. policy report talking about immunizations. In Arkansas, Representative Carolyn Brown has filed a bill that that will require all children in public school, private schools, charter schools, home schools to be immunized or have immunizations regardless of religious or philosophical differences with the examinations or the exemptions. Now, I don't know how you feel about immunizations. Right, I go by a little bit of science. I go by a little bit of what the hell's happened. But when most people think immunizations these days, they think about autism. Right, about the mercury and the immunizations and the schedule of how some of them can cause some minorities, a lot of blacks, some whites, Hispanics, and others to get autism. Now, now, that's kind of scary for some folks, and philosophically, they just went against the immunization thing, and, you know, 
that's cool and all until, you know, you have a measles outbreak or you have chicken pox, syphilis, other shit like that just break out, right? But with this specific bill in Arkansas, they're talking about, regardless if you have a philosophical difference or if you're a Jehovah's Witness or any other religion that doesn't believe in getting your child immunized, immu, giving your child immunizations, that regardless of how you feel, fuck how you feel, this is the law of Arkansas, all right? I don't know how they feel about that. Like, is it okay for government to overstep their boundaries to say, basically, regardless of how you personally feel about immunization, regardless of any studies you have, you got to be on schedule. Regardless of what you say, that's your child, but the government says, fuck that being your child, it goes on our schedule, or... I don't know what the penalty would be. I don't think they will put you in jail. There's nothing specific that I've read in this bill that will make that happen, but it's quite possible. Speaking of other bills, that things that actually are happening right now, let's jump into Ohio, Ohio's abortion law. You know, after everybody really focuses on the major shit like Donald Trump winning the election, like, woo, I mean, y'all should have been prepared for that shit, like, regardless, like, if you really thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, that's a whole other policy report. But we're going to talk about something else right now. We're going to talk about Ohio abortions. Right now, the Ohio legislature has passed. If you haven't heard, please pay attention to. The Ohio legislature, late last year, passed a law that outlawed an abortion once a physician can detect a fetal heartbeat. Roughly six weeks. So basically, and I'm just throwing it out there. Because I, I know my personal feelings about abortion are different from the norm. I personally feel that's between you and God. But that's neither here nor there, right? But basically, you're telling someone who may have, hypothetically speaking, went out to the club, went to club live, had a one-night stand, didn't realize that she was pregnant, right? She goes back to Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, wherever she's from, right? She finds out she's pregnant. She doesn't know who the father is. But now, because of the heartbeat, she can't have that abortion. You live and you learn on that one. But for someone who's possibly raped, molested, abused some kind of way, or maybe it will be detrimental to their health to have that baby, it will be more of a life-threatening condition of having that child, then they can't be forced to have an, they can't have an abortion either. You really have to put this whole abortion topic into conversation. Because I really feel until it happens to you, you really can't know. But like I said, my peace, that's between them and God. But speaking of those getting closer to God, let's talk about the Michigan nursing homes. Now, Governor Snyder, Rick Snyder, the same governor that's being um, ridiculed and really looked at for the lead poisoning in Michigan waters. He signed legislation in December that allowed nursing homes or homes for the age, better term, homes for the age that are assisted living facilities, nursing homes, maybe sober homes, maybe some kind of house where a lot of old folks just get together and play bridge. You know, basically, they can obtain liquor licenses. Think about that. Now, let, let's let's put this in perspective. You're going to visit your grandmother. They're in a nursing home. And when you walk in the nursing home, the first thing you see is like a bottle of Crown at the bar. A bottle of Hen. Maybe some Jack. Ciroc. Whatever. Right? 
But the reason behind it, like, you could think, like, you know what? Hey, this is a nursing home. Like, this is, like, the fuck is this? This shouldn't be allowed. Some people may feel. But Governor Snyder said that this bill allows those who are closer towards the, the aging population to be given an opportunity to offer more products to their residents to make them feel more at home. So I'm telling you this. If you're grandfather was alcoholic if your grandmother you know used to get a little do something strange for a piece of change off a little bit of hen when she was in her 30s 40s and 50s maybe in her 60s too because you know these grandmas be fucking just know that when you go to that nursing home and you walk in there and you see that bottle of crown on the door or you see that purple bag on the door don't go knocking because she getting something not right now and she may not Let's move on to the next topic. Let's talk about stuff up. Now, in New York, I think this is kind of important. In New York, they passed this law that basically fights unfair ticket purchasing and selling. And this is the best way I can put it. If you're trying to get Beyonce tickets, she announced a concert today. Hey, I'm having a concert. Guess what? You're hitting Ticketmaster. You're hitting title you're hitting wherever they selling those tickets at and guess what the server's about to go to fuck down everybody's buying tickets right everybody's buying tickets to these concerts and next thing you know they're getting them for maybe 125 200 350 350 500 but they're selling them on the black market or the aftermarket for 1500 2000 3000 ten thousand dollars and if you don't believe it bitch this is beyonce we're talking about these people also pay that for elton john and jay-z Maybe not the New York Knicks. But in New York, they passed this law to help curb the bots and those major companies who just send in their drones to go basically pull all the tickets out and resell it on the black market. Now, I hear you. All right. The biggest thing is like Ticketmaster support this or Live Nation. But I'll be real. When was the last time you really went to Live Nation to get some tickets or Ticketmaster? Man, you're getting hit with that extra fee, the convenience fee. Like, bitch, if y'all got all the tickets, why y'all charging me for the convenience fee of giving me a damn ticket? We all the Ticketmaster. That shit never made sense to me. But I can go to StubHub and get my shit maybe a little cheaper. Maybe I get better seats at a, a better deal with them rather than you. I mean, whatever. But either way it goes, they block the ability for you to bum rush tickets, ticket sales with your cyber attacks. Like WikiLeaks and shit, right? But my thing is this. I get it. Like That's unfair that we can't go see Beyonce. But what about Jordan's? What about these motherfuckers going to buy Jordans on the street, right? No. What about these motherfuckers going to buy Jordans, standing in line, buying three, four hundred pairs of motherfucking Jordans, or going online, hitting the motherfucking website, buying all these Jordans, and then reselling them shits that they got for two hundred dollars, reselling them shits for five, seven. And a thousand dollars a motherfucking piece, man. We want to talk about real motherfucking laws. Let's let's address that. Nobody's worried about paying two thousand dollars to go see Beyonce. People are worried about paying two thousand dollars for Jordans, and that's real, Governor Kumo. Let, let's be real. Let's let's talk about the real issues at hand. Speaking of the real issues, let's talk about marijuana. And I'm gonna be real with y'all. Like marijuana isn't just gonna be a one week topic because every week every state every city in this country is basically is basically considering 
some form of marijuana, whether it's medical or recreational, the criminalization, the decriminalization, and the future of it, especially with Attorney General to be Jeff Sessions in the waiting. So today I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with hemp. Let's look at Senate Bill 120 in Missouri. They're looking to become one of the first states that actually authorized the industrialization of hemp for economic purposes. Now, for those of you that don't know, the United States hemp market is estimated to be valued at $600 million per year. Now, those of you who don't know know the differences between hemp and weed, I don't either. I'm not going to act like I do. But here's what I do know. Right, There are over 25,000 different uses for industrial hemp in the world. I'm talking about food, cosmetics, plastics, yes. Cosmetics, these hoes be using hemp for their eyelashes and their brows and their blush and shit. Plastics and biofuel. Right? Now, some of you may not know that the United States of America, the, the great, make America great again, United States is currently the number one importer in the world of hemp fiber for various products. That means, check this out, I'm going to say it again, just in case you missed it. The United States of Make America Great Again is currently the world's number one importer of hemp. Think about that. All the niggas you know growing weed. Think about that. All the people you know that's growing weed right now. Who could possibly use that marijuana or some form of hemp in an industrialized economic way. And we are importing it. Guess from where? China and Canada. They're the world's two top exporters. And the United States is not exporting the industrialized hemp that could be a $600 million market. But Missouri says we're going to get first dibs at it. We're going to do it here first because they've got the ability to produce that much hemp in their state. According to a John Hopkins study, the rate of death from prescription overdoses is 25% lower in states with medical marijuana laws. So that's why in Tennessee, State Representative Jeremy Faison and State Senator Steve Dickerson are optimistic that one of the benefits of expanding medical marijuana in their state will be the decrease, decreased use of opiates, opioid drugs, in their state. That's a good way to flip it. Because a lot of people, they forget that what a lot of people take weed for, maybe chronic issues, pain. I mean, weed makes pain feel good, what I've heard makes you laugh, it makes you eat, it makes so many other things, but sometimes if they put you on the Oxycontin, you you can't come off of that shit right. You come up all, all the, you come up off of weed and you start working out more, eating better, whatever. You come up off of that Prozac shit, you're doing heroin, you're doing crack cocaine, you're doing anything you can to chase that feeling that the opioids and the rest of that shit gave you. Weed, not so much. The argument's helping. Over the next couple of years, it's, it's going to be very, very tough for 
states in this union to continue to criminalize marijuana use when the popular control of America is approved. We're going to wrap up marijuana in this week's episode of the Hip Hop Policy Report talking about the NFL, the National Football League, the Super Bowl is around the corner, but I want you to know that since recreational marijuana was passed in eight states where 65 million Americans live and over 1,600 National Football Players Association members are on NFL rosters, the NFLPA has made a commitment and a committee to look into pain management. Now, for those of you that don't know, the NFL, the National Football League, has the toughest marijuana testing policy in professional sports. Now, I don't want to go compare every other sport to the NFL, but by the numbers, let's look at this. The NFL is a popular sport. So is our national pastime, Major League Baseball. And in some aspects, the National Hockey League. Let's be honest. Make America great again, right? So, when you look at the policies, the NFL has the toughest. In Major League Baseball, they don't test for marijuana. So you're telling me that Jordan Howard can go out there and play high? And as long as he has a good game, he's all right. They're only checking for steroids. Think about that. But in the NHL, in that, when we look at the National Hockey League, they don't even discipline players for marijuana use. That's something to think about. Why the biggest sport with the greatest minority participations? NHL and Major League Baseball. Hope y'all didn't think I was talking about NFL because baseball isn't just a white man's sport. It's Dominicans, Cubans, Asians, Chinese, Japanese, everybody else running that sport. And the NHL, which has people from all over the world playing this sport, Canadians, Germans, Americans, Mexicans, blacks, others, that these leagues that have more minority and international domination don't have the stringent policies of the NFL. But the NFL is a bigger generator in revenue than those two other industries. It doesn't make sense. The NFL really needs to reconsider their policies regarding marijuana. I think it's going to happen. What does that have to do with you? Probably nothing. Because your team may be out of the Super Bowl like mine. But either way, that's this week's episode of the Hip Hop Policy Report.